0: Tonight on the Irish Rally Podcast, we take a very family-themed approach to our look back at the Wilton Recycling Donegal International Rally. Three siblings competing in the same event at the same time isn't unprecedented, but it is somewhat rare with the Harris, Kearney, Driver and Kelly families among those achieving this feat over the years. This year it was the turn of the Eves family with Dylan taking home his class. While Kevin and Corey fell away on the final loop after very entertaining drives, indeed. We find out what these three bios got up to at the weekend and how they got involved in rallying, and indeed just simply how they keep the whole thing going. We'll also be joined by another set of brothers in Richard and David Moffat, but arguably one of the best rally stories you'll hear from any rally over the years coming up very, very shortly, indeed. We'll also get insight into why Dave went back into the Starlet from the Mark II. We talk about the enterprising element of the family. And at the end of the show, we'll have a full rundown of all the class winners. Ladies and gents, welcome along to the Irish Rally Podcast. Now on the Irish Rally Podcast we have somewhat of a rarity. So siblings in rallying in the same rallies, probably not that unusual but three into one, somewhat of a rarity. Has been done before but it happened again at the weekend in Donegal of course with the International Rally where these buckos on the other screen here, the Eaves Brothers Kevin, Corey and Dylan all involved in the Donegal International Rally to varying degrees of success I might add. It was all looking very very good indeed for three boys to To bring her home until the last loop when, unfortunately, disaster struck for Kevin on stage 18, Corey on the last stage. And Dylan, you came come in with a fantastic result, so we'll start start with you. Um, I wouldn't have envisaged beforehand that maybe you'd be coming inside the the top 40 and to take the class must have been pretty sweet as well,
1: yeah? Uh, Definitely. We had a wee half with the bail on Friday, so we just clipped the wing in the door. But once you took off, heading to the bail now, I didn't think we'd be sitting as first on on the finish line.
0: Yeah, and uh, 34th or 5th overall, I think, yeah? Uh, 35th overall. Yeah, seeded seated over, what were you, what, 110 or yeah,
1: so-ish? 109.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a serious goal when you consider the, the bail that you mentioned there as well, and the RC4 class is very, very competitive, isn't
1: it? It is very competitive now, when, when we went in at the start of the year in Galway now, fairly open by the eyes the, the pace that the class is on now.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because obviously you've been building a bit of momentum. You were nominated initially for the Billy Coleman Award last year. You were going well on the loose stuff, and you're gaining a bit of momentum now, and you're learning to go bit no doubt. Ah,
1: yeah, definitely. I the the Civic wasn't that great, but most rallies with a lot of bowlers, so uh, we have better luck this year, and um, them yokes far nicer, to, <coughs> nicer to drive than the Civic. So enjoying it a lot, a lot more, the pace is coming easier.
0: Yeah, yeah. Corey, we haven't spoken to you before here on the Charlie Podcast. You've seen a good bit of Kev, all right. But uh, yeah, things things were looking pretty good for you as well. So what actually happened in the end?
2: Yeah, we I mean, on the on the Friday and for the first three on the Saturday. Hey, we had break issues. We, we kept losing our battle. Everything we got warm, but we kind of got through. And then after that, we ended up after kind of two calibers and messing about because hey, but the car only getting rebuilt. We. Uh, we got to the bottom of it and then we started to set reasonably good times so we were happy out but we were kind of in no man's land so we just we were sitting i think we were sitting forced and they end up then into the last day and then whenever everyone kind of started to piss rain and stuff in the evening time we actually we kind of we lost 20 in glen because we just kind of backed off because we weren't going to do nothing but the backing off didn't really work out then in the Atlantic grave so we just came over like a three right over the crest and just ran a good wide, and clipped the wall and slid down the road just like we used to own birds you know. Yeah. Um
0: unforgiven unforgiven territory up there like.
2: Yeah, not okay, even because like, I kinda can't wait to look back over the car now to see actually what went wrong because even at the time it kind happen happened that fast. It was only a slow it was it wasn't that it was a big off, but it was all slow speed, you know, but it still kinda doesn't really we just didn't really cop what had happened or why it happened, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well Corey, even like you see a few clips there from Glen Village in particular. It literally seemed like ice, like you know, when you have a fine weather like that, and then you get the pisses of rain. I mean, it, it, it's lethal stuff altogether. So, what did Joshy do in terms of uh, in terms of tires? Because while the downpours were heavy, it was still quite changeable, and even like we'll say, parts of Saturday, things tended to dry out, you know, quickly enough. Like so,
2: lot, yeah. Water, but- yeah. We, we went, uh, we were in mediums all round on Sunday morning, but like, because we were happy enough because even they we were nearly gone off on us through Glen and Atlantic Drive when it was dry. But then whenever we went into Fanit on the first pass, we got, <clears throat> like the conditions changed like five times. Nearly. It started wet and then dried, like down the big straights past the football pitch. Our wipers couldn't keep the wind to clear. And then just once went over the hill, it was bone dry. But it worked, it worked good. Hey, we had a good run over Fanit and all, and everything worked perfect, so... We ended up just going back out on the same tires again. We just cut them out in case the rain came. Um, and but we actually got out the road section, the glen, and everything was bone dry, looking good. And the next thing, then it just opened. Then whenever we were queuing into glen, so that was uh, it was grand. Hey, we, we we didn't actually have any moments in glen or even in Atlantic up until that one. Like we weren't we weren't trying, we weren't pushing, we weren't we weren't trying to do nothing mad because all we had to do was get to the finish. So. we still we still ended up making a bit of a
0: mistake yeah and it can happen like you know as simple as that and sometimes what you what you prepare prepare for like and you have in your mind is is not the one to just stumble upon it's another little bugger that'll come and bite you in the arse like you know yeah
2: yeah it it, it was mad like the conditions because we came out of whenever we came out of glen the the finish line was bone dry and the road section the whole way to atlantic drive was dry. And then once we queued up the hill, into "Atlantic, it just, uh, it just opened." Then again, you know what I mean. And then after we went off, I would say for a good, we were waiting on the trailer for maybe an hour and a half. Hey, it was thunderstorms and thunder and lightning and everything, you know. Yeah. But okay, hey, it wasn't. It wasn't even. It wasn't even the weather that caught me out. Hey, like I just. Well, it was the wet road, but it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't that we were on a push and we got caught out. Hey? we just. We just made a mistake on a right hander, ran away. Hmm
0: so yeah disappointing enjoyed. to you know you're on a, on a good run obviously and it's shite not to get it home and kevin obviously similar sentiments for yourself what did actually go wrong in the end
3: um she went off a cylinder hey so we didn't to tell you the truth we didn't really get to the bottom of it If it, it could be something minor it could be something serious but we kind of literally got to the top of the mountain in glen and she went off a cylinder and, hey and it was the last stage we probably would have chanced on but we had a couple of k to climb and we were going to get out to the end and even when we did stop, we tried to go through fuel and stuff like that there and see, but couldn't really get to the bottom of it. It was the first one out of service, so we were screwed, as the man says.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know, man. And like after after getting that far, I mean the the mad thing about the uh, the class fourteen side sort of things the weekend, like, Ke- Kevin's pace is just ridiculous. And I don't know the G boys uh mentioned this before, Kevin, yourself and and Gary, and that it nearly been a case of who was gonna be, you know the best of the rest, so to speak, that you nearly... I'm not saying there's an acceptance that Kevin Gallagher is going to be uh, ridiculous, but it is kind of a subconscious thought, knowing that he's going to be you know, very, very difficult to beat. Like. And what would that pan out in your mind in the lead-up to the event and maybe during it as well?
3: Okay, I think hey, we've, we've raced enough, with, like even Kevin and, and, and James, even Stafford and the likes of the Darien, say is, the reality is like. I suppose we knew when we were on Friday, we probably, the, the nature of the stages on Friday was probably going to suit us, but Kevin's, uh, he's, a, he's kind of a cool customer at the same time. We made a boo on Friday and probably should have come out of Friday, maybe late. but um, it would have been only a token, do you know what I mean? Like start Saturday morning, I think, and Kevin made it up 13, the first three stages on Saturday morning, I think Kevin could have had 40 seconds out of me in the day midnight. You know what I mean. Once once you get down into that territory, the knowledge he has is a good driver, then you put him in one of them yokes. So I think he made it up. I well, could have took twenty five seconds off us over knock Like <laughs> so, I we're, we're nearly the rest of us are there. When you are down there, you are just picking up the pieces. Uh, you are kind of lurking. Says me and Damien was that even with tires? We were kind of nearly both picking the same, and um, it was. it was very tight towards the end with me and Damian. There was only there was only sixteen in it, but um. internally that was probably more so 10 because we would have got a flyer on gary gart we lost gary gart and damien got and we would have got one of the r5 cars times you know so we got a six second quicker than damien so um no i just think you're probably just not going to chase the the likes of kevin if he stays going you're not going to chase him down there
0: yeah yeah it's just ridiculous the groove that he's able to get into and you know it's it's amazing really and it wasn't for the one to try and that you were not Pushing, because certainly i am not got it. I mean, I've a maximum of admiration. Look, we, we've touched on it before. I, I would never actually ask you this specific question. When you come into Willie Harris' corner, is there any thinking whatsoever of the previous thing that happened
3: there no? <laughs> Just get around it. hey, you breathe. Maybe when you get past it. Like, but I had about two years in the first year tried it. So, uh, that, I, you know, that's, that's not the corner scares me. You know The corner that I actually get to, and uh, I hate till really I like, get around it, is... When you get to the top of Nacala and you start going down the back side, there's yeah. like three right handers that tightens at the barrier and it's just a cliff. Oh, Christ. Yeah. Until I get to there, hey, I'll be just, uh, uh, So I was laughing with the, the likes of Mitchell and some of them, but you're nearly diving around at one eye closed trying not to see the water, you know, that kind of way. But the first time round, I'd say I drove around them in about second year, hey, it was nearly embarrassing. But uh, it's, it's good cracking as a class stage, so it's one of the big ones there.
0: Yeah, no, and you know what, lads, uh, Dylan, I'll bring you back in on this here, I didn't realise how tricky the actual actual inland section of Knockalla is and was until whenever we drove off it afterwards to get to the end of it. And, Jesus, it's a a rollercoaster both inland and by the sea, Dylan, isn't
1: it? It is, definitely. There's a lot of wee tricky bits in it we nearly got caught out. Um, I can't even remember the name of that bridge, the jump on the bridge there. The three left up on the top of the hill, we nearly got cut out it, it. can be slipping off there. The conditions in Nogala was the same as Corey was saying on the Sunday. Like it was wet and dry and it was just tricky enough in places. Mm-hmm.
0: How about you, Corey? What way do you find that in particular? Or is there other stages that you absolutely dread in Donegal? No,
2: that, that, that was my first time ever to do Nogala. it was it is a savage stage. You know what, like Kevin says, because even I was asking him at the start about it. like, and down the back side, it doesn't matter what. It doesn't really matter what notes you have. Uh, you know whenever you're looking at them right-handers coming down around like it's it's hard to just listen you know what I mean hey because just it, it's funny because it's like three right-handers but they're nearly feel like all the one just the whole way around do you get out of them you know
0: yeah but uh
2: that's uh, once it's it's a class stage even when you go in Nandic, it's fast like
0: mm-hmm. and the difference in approach as well in that particular section like obviously I was looking at it pretty pretty clearly. I don't know to this moment what actually happened, Gary Kiernan, but I can tell you there was at least two moments in the first three or four locations of Notgalla that I saw in my eye line where he did not have much regard for cold tires. I so thought it that way. I think he did. Clip, he clipped something on a fast section there. I
3: think what he did, what he, he cut the grass and it kind of hurried off place. <laughs> I think like he bent. He bent the bottom of arm or something where he put the wheel back in there a bit and they limped up the road a kilometre and pulled in. I think is what, what basically happened.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, Kev, just one last thing on Noghalla and i was not talking about it. You know, it's just all these things in the island when you see them up close is, is, is really cool. But you'll obviously see the clip that, I, that I've put up there where, you know, you're a little bit tail-happy on the approach to that lay Paul Barr actually spun there. And on the first run, was obviously down... 100 metres, and that generally be the road at home. you get a marsh down 100 metres before the stage even goes live, that you don't have too much of a trek, and that is a deceptive little bend, and even if there's a barrier there, I could only imagine that that is a brown hogs moment, like, whenever that
3: happens, especially there, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, hey, it, uh, it'd just be anything up along that white lane road, hey, if you take any wee wobble, you just, uh, your heart skips a wee bit, <laughs> so it does, but, no, it's just hey, it is, it's kind of one of those ones, you just you nearly have to nearly take a take a bit of knowledge on it, you know. There's actually not that many corners on the white line stuff, you know. would say everybody does a, a wee bit of homework and kind of tries to nearly learn their way across it, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Can I ask, lads, where is the rallying interest based from in in your family, and what sort of headaches is they trying to get trees out? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: I don't know actually, because I would I, t- I I don't know I would have started rallying. Nobody in our House, um father, uncle, anybody nobody rallied, I suppose. I maybe bought a, a crawler. No, I we'll aye, actually I we would have had a bit of all track stuff with it Nova and up on the, the, the All Tracks, the RSA events. And then it can all faded away to maybe I was twenty or twenty-one and I bought a just a Clubman crawler for five or six thousand euro, I think. And um it can all roll from there, you know, I think seems to be the way of it.
0: Yeah. And once, uh, Corey, you followed then next, and then you, Dylan, yeah?
2: Yeah, hey, I had it on the same. We would have went whenever we were like 13 or 14, hey. We went to the all track and the Nova for a while, and then uh, I suppose whenever Kevin went into the 208, then I went into the Corolla that time and, hey. So that kind of didn't, I suppose, last, I don't know, usual, and it didn't last too long. Hey, I'd done, I I had done three rallies in 14 or something like that, and, again, it was a bit too brave and uh, reactive, hey. So that was me gone for two or three years, and hey, I had a bridge. Cabin, so that ended that i think i got i was fixed we rebuilt the car then and uh when was that 17 i think we don't go international it was the first rally then since 14 hey and then i went to australia after that so we actually really didn't do a wild paid until i suppose end 18 19 was only the, 19 was really the first year that i actually would have consistently rallied you know
0: mm-hmm. yeah and dylan that's when it kind of kicked off for you yeah
1: Aye, I, I, uh, I would have only been young when they would have started the Nova, but, yeah. uh, but I was, there was a Nova bought for me then when I was 12 or 13, but it was bought oh. as a project and at that age I had no interest in hooking and screwing, so it was kind of never finished and never pushed to buy anything then, so it went for a long time before it started and then Covid happened, and I went away to New Zealand and I was going to start, when I going to come back, and then Covid happened, so I didn't get started until after Covid then. So the hardest twenty-one would have been my first rally last year, or twenty-one now would have been my first proper rally. Mm-hmm. So Just need GoFundMe page <laughs> now to
0: fund it off. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I think I think it's mad. It's, it's it's very very difficult indeed, and I suppose like the the thing that strikes me there is it's not hereditary. Like generally like generally, there's a link somewhere. Like you know what I mean? That you get yeah. the offer. So there's literally. No real family links at all it's just maybe from going to see something years ago or something like
3: that yeah i think i i think i always had an interest i think when we were younger we kind of have tried to look into character racing and stuff and just not really it didn't really pan out and like i always had a, an interest in it i suppose when i just started i suppose it just took over uh, i just kind of started with a club man thing and tipped away at it it's really like a disease then yeah. when you're when you kind of do get a couple of good results you, you need the gearbox, you need the brakes and you start building and building and you turn around then with a, a big car and you just get sucked in <laughs>
0: yeah yeah, and look we, we should give uh, well we'll give Pettigall a show as well and uh, a <laughs> few other people
3: maybe maybe Spain because yeah. uh, what's that? You
0: were staying in the big city for the weekend, were you? We were, yeah, we were. And uh, do you know what? Little do we think there'd be a circus in town. Literally. Pedrigo <laughs> <laughs> wild place in the circuit. And, and Kevin, as I said to you, I thought I was the biggest clown staying in the place. And then the circus was down the road. So <laughs> I, didn't feel, I didn't feel too bad then. But uh, the, the, the mad thing is, I sent you a message, obviously, Kevin will tell our listeners, uh, to say, what's this Avondale farmhouse B&B like? I said, Pedigo can't be that big of a place. And lo and behold, there's a fairly strong connection, so maybe, maybe tell us what that is as well.
3: Okay, it'll mean, uh, well, be one of the I suppose was one of one of the best friends. That'll be his family house or whatever. So Paddygo will be small enough now. that be uh, we'd all be. There's only four or five hundred people in the whole town, so it's <laughs> close yeah. enough that way.
0: Yeah. Well, Mary looked after us first. Well, it was it was unbelievable. She knew we'd early <laughs> start she knew we did an early start um saturday morning that we missed the breakfast but there was two lunch packs left out and uh by god were we or we grateful to him so uh thanks thanks to <laughs> million to uh to mary and the abydale farmhouse last one passed in by envirogrind as well um if you're under a bit of pressure i'd say he if it wasn't for that place
3: uh oh, definitely well uh, all of us work on it so it was the three of us is in it and there's actually we're probably lucky. There's actually a brother between me and Corey who's uh, interested in tractors and lorries, thankfully. So, um, uh, so now we're all working in the camp. So now that's like having it. So, that's what behind it all. That's what has us rallying. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. So a lot to be a lot to be grateful for. So lads, what's next then? Uh, Dylan, are you down the moon this again? No,
1: I'm not gonna not gonna bother the moon record for it's, it's just too close to yeah. Jared. In a three day rally and then convert it over to gravel and stuff, it's just it was never going to happen. So, Sligo will be the next one after that. Mm-hmm.
3: How about you, guys? Um, I don't know. I'd say might try and go to the LMC or something. Might take a wee Mike there needs a bit of TLC too. I was doing a wee bit of knock on banging over the weekend. So, um, I'd say I might let's sit for seven or eight weeks and maybe go to there in August. Mm. Corey?
2: Yeah, Hey. I was going to say I was planning on going to Sligo, but it all depend on what Ray says now about that <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, the lump hammer will be out, will it?
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know yeah. Take a look here we'll, we'll judge it from after he runs his A on it To see what way we are
0: Yeah, that's all you can do Well listen lads, we'll leave it at that Thanks a million, it's great to have you on here And the very best luck to the three going forward, alright? See <laughs> Thanks lads So it's very much a family-themed podcast this week. We've heard from these brothers, and now we're going to hear from the Moffats here, Richard and David. You're very welcome on the Irish Podcast, lads. Good evening. Good to chat to you. So, Richard, I'm going to start with you because I was very reliably tipped off by your good friend, Dave Harrigan of harrigan images that you'll see on on facebook he told me on the top of not gala it was a great story about richard moffat probably not so great in the sense that your rally effectively ended at the time but maybe you'll just talk us through it in your own words and we have some photographic evidence to back up this as well so go on ahead you have the floor
4: yeah to be honest i hadn't really thought about this anymore uh until you sent me the message today but um our weekend was a bit of a disaster personally we um we obviously had an off in, in calvin and um, spent a long few weeks getting the car uh, ready in a, in a hurry for Donegal and had a few issues with it um, in, in putting it all back together and we're basically just ready to go on Thursday morning Um, I had a quick run in the car and uh, seemed happy enough literally just up and down the road for two minutes and um, off we went and did our last day recce and then started Friday and we made it. Um, a decent start we were reasonably in, in the mix of the modifieds uh, on the first stage and on the second stage i felt the the power starting to drain a little bit it actually you can hear on the in car um i am say like as we went over the finish line i was sort of giving it out and because and I, I could feel the power uh, through the stage just wasn't what it, what it should be or whatever and, and it was the same issue that we've been having during the week with with fuel pressure Um so we had a look at it at the end of the stage it wasn't very much we can do um and we went into stage three anyway but as soon as we went off the line i could feel the car was just spluttering all the way for the first kilometer or so um and then in my uh well distraction or whatever um on the first chicane i uh clipped the second bale and um, i was half looking up uh for the second fuel pump and half distracted uh and anyway I clipped the second bale and broke a steering arm so um while our weekend was probably going to be over anyway that ended it very promptly but um we pulled in at a, at a farmer's house and that's why uh, why you measure me i was sort of laying against the wall with my arms folded sick at myself and sick at uh, everything for the uh for all the work that we need to get us uh, just a couple of seats into the rally but and um, the car was was parked up and as far as i was concerned we weren't going any further but dara Kelly, my navigator, decided that rather than sit there for a hundred and odd uh, cars and to try and get towed out and all that kind of stuff and um, we try and find a way to put the steering arm back together and he tried to clamp it with a vice grips or something didn't really uh, have the tools required to do that so anyway he headed off into the the yard it didn't seem to be anyone around Uh, I wasn't even I was hardly even looking to be honest I was just uh, right thick at that point but uh, he ended up coming back with a farmer uh, who we found at the back of the, the shed wheeling a welder across the yard and uh brought the welder out from the back of the house out to the side of the road and uh, the farmer as uh, probably most only all people are around the rally received us very well he would would have done anything he could to help so he got found a 50 meter extension lead and he ran it from the from the shed all the way out to the side <coughs> of the road. and uh that was pretty handy uh anyway mechanically so he had no bother rolling up the sleeves and he welded the, the steering arm back together um we rolled up the extension lead in the welder and, and give it back to your man and we strapped in and pulled out about, I don't know, fifty cars later probably by the time we were going, but it just allowed us to drive out to the end of the stage and back to service. Um so our rally was effectively over, certainly in terms of uh, competitively, but we thought we might get the, the fuel pressure ratio looked at and see if we could maybe rally two on Saturday morning. But as it turned out we couldn't get to the bottom of that and our rally was over anyway, but it saved us uh, kind of standing on that stage waiting to be rescued for any longer so you can see in the picture there
0: that's uh dara with the wild mask and all on doing his work yeah and look uh i mean this in the, in the best possible respect that when you sent me these photos i just thought oh my god that's just that's just brilliant like i mean uh your weekend was obviously a disappointment with that happening but it's also after providing you with a memory that will last a lifetime i'm sure you probably would have rather finished the rally, right but That's a that's a story for the ages, like (laughs) side of the road, weld the mask on, (laughs) off you go. And and to be honest with you, Richard, uh, when I heard you know there was a bit of welding done, I actually didn't realise it was Dara because you know when you hear the the name Moff, you say them boys probably know a little bit about engineering anyway. And maybe Richard took the welder out, but yeah, I thought that was was quite interesting.
4: No, if I had a welder, we'd be in the next ditch again, (laughs) I'd say. I'm best to stay away from that. Um, but like I said, Dara, well, Dara, actually, like, like we were saying before, he um took he was off the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. He works in Germany and he was home, so he spent I don't know how many hours, a couple or two or three late nights anyway, getting the car back together. So, um, he put in a serious shift for us all week and uh, it all came to nothing really. And he was uh, he was back in the <laughs> back with on the tools uh, before too long, but yeah, like I say, he was uh, he was able to uh, get us out of there and get us back to service, but the um. To be honest, I didn't think of it, uh, I haven't really thought about it as a, as a memory at all until, until you mentioned today, so maybe in time, but uh, mm. I was it was that annoyed and disappointed with the weekend that I had the wherewithal with all to take a photo as I stood and watched him do do all the work, but uh, <laughs> that was about the height of it, I hadn't thought of it since, so uh, probably good that I didn't take the picture yeah. just, to, just to have the memory when the disappointment passes.
0: Yeah, I mean, right now it probably feels like a fairly expensive memory, but um, that might not seem as expensive in 20 years' time when you're still talking about it, you know, it's... Uh, it is priceless really, but I get why maybe it might not seem that way right now, like, but yeah, look, that's the that's the of it, I guess. David, I'll I'll come to you, right? Because you had a weekend that wasn't without its dramas either. And somehow you managed to bring a home third in uh, in class fourteen. And what is an extremely competitive and, and difficult class fourteen in Donegal, it always is. And this did not look likely on Friday.
5: No, I had we made a very tough start at to Rally too. We had a good enough run on, on the first stage.
0: As you say, extremely competitive I don't know what we
5: were. we were somewhere inside the top ten. I think there's over thirty class fourteen cars. and um, we went this stage two and probably an ambitious note. There was a four left that tightened and I should have braked a little bit earlier and i didn't. And anyway, the back of the car broke away. I had to pull the handbrake not to go in front into the wall. And we got it stopped kind of against the wall. But I, I guess there wasn't much damage, but we stalled and the start button it, it was just clicking no start so we martin actually got out to warn the next car and anyway eventually the a bit of a crowd got around and pushed us and we got jump started and martin got back in but we dropped well over a minute near maybe a minute and 20 seconds and um, and we were i think 40 40 something in the national at that point so we were ready to go home too after two stages but Everybody said just keep at it, just keep on it and we, we did good enough, the rest of Friday went pretty well and um, said a few good enough times in the mix um, and had got our way back up to I uh, don't know where by Friday evening so we were good to go Saturday morning um, and then in fairness we had, a, we had a good strong day on Saturday, we really enjoyed it, the conditions were quite mixed and it a, took a wee while to adapt the brain after the drive Friday to, to softer tyres and, and damper conditions but um, really really enjoyed it now and seemed to get somewhere near the pace
0: yeah how yeah. challenging David was it on, on Sunday when <laughs> you had those very very changeable weather conditions so like it was, it was monsoon type conditions on top of dry. And okay right, we had a little bit of rain obviously on on Saturday as well but it, it appeared that it was drying out pretty quickly but there was no <laughs> there, was, there was no time to dry what was coming down Sunday it's a what
5: was, what was strange about it was on Saturday you had to get used to, the road was wet everywhere basically. Damp, not floods of water, but damp. Um, we went on a, on a wet setup tyre, you know, a, a extra soft, soft. And uh, in fairness worked really well all day. But on Sunday morning it was dry and hot and Richard was out on the stage and he'd said no it's dry but on the, the hard slick tyres. But we knew there was rain coming at some point, but we didn't expect it as early as it came. Uh, so we were on hard slicks and it rained on Fanit mm. the first time and then got back into service and we were debating tires and everyone was in the same boat but we decided to stick because it was so hot that it was drying out very quickly and we got out to the start of Glen and we were just sitting and the heavens opened and we drove the first as far as the village in torrential rain, wiper on, everything like that and it's very, Glen's very tricky anyway because it's shiny in places particularly when it's damp The village itself, as you've probably seen, was was a complete mess. But the village for us was actually dry. And when we got out past the village, it was bone dry the whole way to the end. And then we headed over to Atlantic Drive. Same thing, did the first half of the stage dry. And by the time we got halfway, it started raining again. So it was very tricky. Luckily, we were were up to fourth in the national uh, Saturday evening. And we had about a minute either side of us. So we weren't gonna really make an impact in six stages. So we we were probably backed out a little bit on Sunday. and um, unfortunately Kevin Eve's had trouble, so that got us up onto the podium, which was nice, but um, you know, we weren't really on a push on Sunday. We were on a good push on Saturday all right, but not really on Sunday.
0: Yeah, but to make back the bulk of it in a day basically is quite pleasing, like, in fairness, and you deserve great credit for that,
5: like. Yeah, well, look at we we obviously made the jump back into the startup this year. Um, from the rule change we were able to, so we managed to talk Sam into selling the car back to us eventually. So we, we had sort of that done, we got to Kerry and we got to Calvin in the car. But I set a few competitive times, at both events we hit trouble, we, we were jamming first gear in Calvin. I think we were third or fourth in the class at that point. Um, and again, I'd set some competitive times, but we, we did a full stage in first gear. So the results really hadn't been shown for us, but we knew that the pace was reasonably good. Are close enough to the pace, and um, so we went and only got a little bit of ambition. And then, of course, when you lose a minute, it's, it's hard to. But on, on Saturday, now we really got on it and, and enjoyed it and got somewhere close hmm, um, and yeah. climbed our way back up. Of course, lots of other people. I mean, it's a tricky, tricky event. Not too many, I don't think, certainly in class 14, uh, got through the event fully clean. I mean, every, nearly everybody drops time somewhere. There's clips of all sorts of people having moments and spins and whatever so we knew that as well and, and in fairness we kept our noses clean from from the second stage to the end which wasn't easy but um you no know, it was it was nice to get around and, and well there's a, a very small bit of damage but it's not a major fix
0: mm-hmm. i'll come back to you on the the starlet in a minute and you know going back from the mar to whatever but richard whenever you went out then so what uh, what are you doing to help this by here or that's what's the
4: other way. Sorry. Rooting, rooting. We <laughs> yeah, I forget this camera's in reverse. <laughs> uh, yeah, off whatever whatever we could really. Obviously, Friday with the time we got back into the service there, we're going out for the second loop and uh it was boom dry, so it wasn't really a huge amount we could do, but um we wouldn't be we wouldn't be big ones for doing our gravel notes really, but uh kinda at some point in Friday evening I think we were about eleven I know, o'clock,
5: I think. You 10 o'clock, you're you're were sitting in the bow.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> about 10 o'clock he said it was it was actually thunderstorms outside and said you know what um what notes could be used for tomorrow so um martin had the note ready for the copy and actually went off early saturday morning on my own we morning. had wrecked the
5: previous weekend in bone dry which always makes it tricky when it turns wet you can mark what looks like shiny but you can't really see where the water's lying. Mm. so we thought it might be of use and um, so that's why he and richard actually he went out on his own he didn't have anybody else lined up so he went out on his own and did the notes and drove which isn't easy but uh definitely got some information back to us now about a few tricky things
4: yeah we know we have a reasonable knowledge you know of, of the lie of the land at least in most of the stages so you know apart from noting a couple of corners and generally generally the terrain in gunny all is is very abrasive tar and you couldn't explain to someone the difference between abrasive tar and shiny tar when it's wet and um, generally the grip will remain pretty good on abrasive tar but you can come around the corner over a crest and there's 20 yards of shiny tar and it's like ice so um was able to sort of note um a the conditions but then the conditions if it did rain um as well and get them back to them so hopefully that was of a help and um it's more about where not to push or where to be careful and where to 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 make time and just not to make a a silly mistake um so yeah that was my role on, on saturday morning and then we sort of um floated about to make sure um I'm sure we were um able to help if anything was needed and watched a, a bit here and there albeit it was difficult with the crowd and then on sunday morning I uh, did the same round around the stage actually with dad and um again made a quick few notes but like again on sunday morning at that point it was completely bone dry blue skies you wouldn't have thought um you know that you were you were preparing for rain uh, but still mark the shiny spots, and whatever and uh, then obviously as the rain came in that probably came a bit more relevant but we stayed in downings for the day and we were getting um calls and texts but from letter kenny you know what what's happening right there and sam and josh and david and all asking me so i was under a bit of pressure to try and predict the the weather but all we could do is send uh, give the sort of current conditions and then looking at phones and forecasts. but as david said there was no the way this ended up there was no right tire choice and um, it was it was such a mixed bag so it was really quite often and on by sunday certainly in my experience it's very rare um Obviously uh, Josh and Callum started the day in, in a battle, but it's rare enough that you have a you know a very close battle still going on on Sunday. Generally the the positions start to become spread out a bit, so it's a bit more about just maintaining where you are and um I think it was a lot easier for uh David to be in that position because if you're in that position and forced to push to hold onto a place or try and catch someone, I mean you're just so close to the edge when it's as well as that. So um I don't know how much use our or weather reports were, but um he was thankfully able to uh get around and uh Make the weekend
0: worthwhile at least for the for the camp. Yeah, good stuff. Lots of lots of gravel under roads Friday as well. Actually noticed, and uh, yeah. we, we do gravel roads road. on Friday. <laughs>
5: you
4: yeah. just yeah. To drive through it and round it.
0: Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you know I noticed that we we drove it Thursday and a funny one for you here actually. So between location, I don't know, I think it's location three and maybe seven on stage two and five. Uh, we went on a road which. We thought it was a stage, it was running parallel to the stage. There was three different gates with the, the strand of red and white tape on them. You know, you think forbidden ground or whatever. It's like, oh there's a nice little jump. It wasn't a feckin' stage at all, right? And it gets it gets better. Road closed sign. Road closed for the local authorities, the tar it. <laughs> <laughs> so we were like, Jesus, and, and, and then mad scamper of course we ended up getting a shite no spot. But I did notice that on on five in particular, I thought there was quite a lot of loose stones out on it and stuff, you know? Um, Friday was incredibly tricky, and I I think it added to the challenge of it, you know, to have something different. And
5: there were, you know, like Carnhill, Gary Gord, Nakala, all incredible stages, but pretty much all nice, smooth, fast tower. Like Friday was an awful lot of narrow bumps, grass in the middle of the road, it was just a totally different challenge, Um, which I think adds to it. but. Maybe not yeah. everybody thinks that, but and also the fact that it was level, play, level playing
0: field for everybody, yeah, um, yeah,
5: is always nice to
0: do, I think, yeah. And Richard, I suppose the flip side of that, the, the actual road mileage. Then was there much kind of um, is is the overwhelming majority that it was good to take it out with can and go down there, or did anyone really have maybe issues with the the road miles that it took to go down there? I don't think
4: so. Uh, certainly not not on our end. Um, I mean we're very well looked after in terms of traffic management and all of that. So I know it was a nightmare for spectators at times. And I know even our service crew coming back to that Kenny in the evening, where I think it took them three hours to do a sort of a 50-60 kilometre 50, journey. Um, but from our point of view, it's obviously a bit of a, a drive down there in the morning, but well worth it as far as I'm concerned. I've done Friday stages up in Head as well, um, and that was a long trek. But um, I think it's good for for the change. Um, I means massive county with great roads all the way up and down it and um, so it would be my view that the more usage that they, they use the better and, and mix it up i mean i love the classics like everyone else but um i think a couple of classics a day over the weekend would be would be more than enough and there's so many good roads um in all different parts of the county that could be used so i would certainly be in favor of um and, and, you know you go to like we wouldn't do a huge amount of international rallies but like road sections are massive and, and um you know, or certainly would have been in like, the circuit or Ulster, you know, sort of, or and then if you go to Europe and the and World Rallies. I mean, they think nothing of driving fifty kilometers; could be three hundred kilometers. So, no, no issue at all from from our part. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, David, let's go back to the Mar 2 and starter situation. So, um, I'd imagine the box of Kleenex tissues is out when whenever the car went over to, to Sam for that little period of time. Did this uh, that kind of been easy? but Am uh, I right? Mean, uh, maybe you felt like your hand was possibly forced slightly, like just with the rule at the time or whatever?
5: Yeah, well we were, we'd been in class 13 for 2015 to the end of 2019 and we were reasonably on the pace but sure everybody wants to make the step up eventually. Obviously at the time it wasn't an option, we, we had the black that Gar Richard was using but he wasn't going to hand it over too easy. We had talked to a chair in it a bit but so sure, that doesn't really work either because a lot of events we, we want to do are the same ones. Um, and the opportunity came up, and um, to move the car on. It was actually the car was sold through here in Raffin, so It was a trade at the time. We didn't know where it was going. Um, and we, the escort that we got was actually built by Mark Smith, who prepped the car, so we knew the car before we got it. Right. Um, and there was nothing wrong with the car. It was we took some time to develop it to be sort of modern 2.5 spec. Um, and get it up to some sort of speed. We were getting more comfortable all the time. <laughs> mark would actually mark the perhaps the car would say that like, we did midlands at the start of the year in it. And we were probably the closest to the class 14 base that we'd been in, in, I think we did 13 rallies in it. So we were starting to get used to it, but it, it never drove like I was used to. I was having to adapt the way I was driving it, I suppose. Um, and then there was a few others started to appear with 2.5 engines. Uh, and the announcement of the rule changes made. So we sort of had looked at maybe building another car or doing something along those lines. Uh, the rules at the moment are a bit grey around the building. And then Sam had obviously said to go back to the Tarmac Championship this year. So he sort of had mentioned that he maybe wasn't going to use the car. So we managed to to really get it back um, and worked out quite well, quite quickly. We sold the Escort without the engine. Um, and we, so we managed to hold on to the engine and put it in but it was a, a lot of mess and a lot of moving around but and now immediately we got into it and went to carry it was only finished on the then we got the engine in and running on the Thursday I think I didn't drive it at all and um, we went to carry and like on the first stage it just felt like putting on an old shoe yeah it's funny Um, it just works differently I don't know what the difference is people ask me all the time you know is it a better car I can't say that for sure I certainly drive it differently I can throw it into things and do things with it that when I tried them in the Escort never worked in terms of you know junctions and all that stuff it seems to be even from watching in and stuff Escorts are driven differently Um, but I suppose I'm 15 years driving a I never drove anything else so you know while they've been developed and the, and the power has come along and the suspension and everything else from what we first would have driven it's still the same chassis and the same length and the same weight balance and all of that so um, no it's, it definitely feels nice to be back in it yeah,
0: yeah. It just feels more natural i suppose that's that's probably that's probably the big thing so just to get this right so you didn't sell the car directly to sam it went through a trade and then no, you, got the sam. you traded the car to kieran graham that's mad because i thought it went directly to sam and i was like jeez he must have had a buyback option in the in the no, closet yeah
5: it, uh, it went to kieran graham because he had the escort that we sort of knew of and wanted, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and in fairness, he advertised and it didn't sit long, um, and that was just Sam had decided to take a bit of a step back. He would obviously in was it seventeen or eighteen? He'd done all the championships and he had been doing the Tarmac Championship and the National for a long time, and between work and everything else, he just wanted to do a bit more relaxed rallying. And he had asked me, you know, and I said, "Hey, you'll have good fun in that for." Relative to what they were doing for small money I suppose, Yeah. Um, and yeah, he, he used it for, for, I think he did 6 or 7 rallies, Did did Cork and he did a couple of others in it, and he seemed to enjoy it, and he, he went pretty well for a man who never drove a he and drive car. Mm. Um, but then when he decided to go back to the R5 thing, the, the, the startup wasn't really going to be used. Now I wouldn't say, based on what he said, I don't think you might see him some other day in a modified car again, like he certainly liked it. But he said, this year or for the next year or two, I'll not be using it. So, yeah, I'd sell it when
0: we asked him. So, mm. it was a deal struck eventually. Richard, I've used this phrase before, but I'm of the belief that a lot of those guys up there in the top R5s are modified men going through a midlife crisis. I don't know, is that something you'd agree with?
4: Oh, well, I think the truth is we'd all be in an R5 if we, if we could, uh, the lot of numbers come up, to be honest. Um, yeah. Like... I mean Gary's obviously made made the step there I think Kevin you're just talking to he'd tell anyone that if you get the two brothers to give it up he he might have off five <laughs> as well and uh plenty of others um like ah the the like, class 14 is unbelievable like you know the, the mm. level the cars have got to now and depending on stage characteristics like we can get even fairly close to our fives but like, Undoubtedly, if you if you had the choice if i won the lotto tomorrow i'd have a new portal on the street on the sort of it ideally but um no it's really just not an option especially when i run two cars in the house you know and it's not just even if you could come up with the money to buy one your work only starts there really in terms of running them and so on so um mm. definitely something that maybe like to to sample someday but um you know not something that would be be on the agenda for us at all um but Look at where there's probably people who'd love to be in a class 14 car, uh, looking up at that as well. So, uh, we can, yeah, we're pretty
1: lucky to
0: be able to do what we do. I had this thought actually over the weekend whereby I'd love to see some sort of a charity event. Obviously, there be a lot of red tape and we have to have a lot of agreements here, right? But some sort of a charity event where you get maybe, we'll say, the top 10 class 14 guys to go into the top 10 R5 by his cars and vice versa, just for one event, and it'd be great to just see, right? Obviously, yeah, it's not too simple when you see the digits involved and in all that stuff. But it'd be just so cool. I'd I'd love to see it. I don't, really the, find it. I don't know. Some of the R five men that come up the front wheel
5: drive route, I think, would really get their eyes open, get into a class fourteen car right? they're quite yeah. a quite a machine, and and you know, if you look in class fourteen, so many have come through class eleven, class thirteen into class yeah. fourteen. It's not they're not really a car. Now Josh and Vernus got into Richard's car, but Josh is done a lot of sliding about over his years in mm. all sorts of cars and um, put a lot of the r5 drivers came up through front wheel driving into homologated cars obviously and um, so but it would be an interesting experiment for sure but they're certainly not an easy car to keep control of
0: for sure richard can i ask like i was just thinking about this yesterday josh obviously free and lucky is that as far as i can remember the first off that he's maybe had since the big one in monaghan 17. i don't remember him having too many excursions like over the past six years he's been so consistent
4: yeah he's been unbelievably consistent um he told me today that he's never crashed the hyundai hyundai before so um, yeah. i don't know when he started with it but it's definitely two full seasons and maybe a little bit more
0: he definitely um, had the hyundai for 19 and done he anyway because that was that was a big talking point before i think um
4: that was Pretty the blue true. car that, i don't know if that was that same car or a hired car but it you've been a
0: different one actually no. yeah he had the blue it was blue he hired, he hired them all before he
3: bought that yeah he so 20, i'd guy.
4: say 20 whatever bit of COVID uh and there wasn't 20 and then uh on from there um and like he's obviously been driving that thing on the door handles for you know two three seasons every rally um he maybe had a couple of nationals last year where um you know he was comfortable enough but obviously if Callum or Ali or Sam or any of the uh, top guys are out you know he's he's sort of a 10 10s um, and he's just got so comfortable it's it's older technology um but has obviously got so comfortable and the way he drives it he's obviously throwing about and, and happy with all four wheels sort of moving across the road so you know, on the law of averages um it's going to happen at some point obviously yeah. Callum was had him under a lot of pressure and um yeah like if you if you drive a car that hard for that long um and you know the cuts they're taking and the chances that they're taking um, you know eventually something's gotta give so uh, unfortunately that's when it had to happen um but you know probably probably had to happen at some point.
0: Yeah. David would you agree with the statement that I would have made previously in the sense that I believe Josh is the best man to minimise a mistake and lose the minimal amount of time when making a mistake. Obviously yesterday I disregarded that, right? That's that's a different story. But if he has a spin or something, he just seems to be back and there's minimal time loss. It's crazy, like. His car it's his car control, really. Yeah.
5: Um like <laughs> we obviously would have known them growing up and whatever. Like Josh would have been driving and still you'd find him driving some he'd buy a car for around the field and he'd be out sliding around at two oh six or something, you know, on a Saturday. Like he, he would drive anything he can get his hands on pod bikes, you know, go-karts, anything. Um, and that is, I think, where it comes from. He's very natural to sort of throw the car in or pull the handbrake or whatever, where some drivers probably panic. And um, Actually, just before Donny all this year, we, we were talking, the the square left at the end of Carrad Hill around the house, he overshot it last year at big speed. And like, it's, it's kind of on a corner, but he, he, he lost literally three or four seconds. Down the escape and away, back up like it didn't Hardly lost any time, as you say. But
0: it's just Carcindoli. It just seems to be very comfortable. Mm, yeah. Um, Sam, yes sir, Richard. I was interested in his reaction after the stage where, where Josh is unlucky. I think he was a bit annoyed. <laughs> I think the stream cut off with Killian just at the right time for for maybe for maybe Sam and Josh's stage. I think he made reference to the board or something like that. But uh, yeah,
4: he was quite, quite, seemed quite wound up at the time. I didn't actually see it uh, with coverage and uh, about. Yeah. I didn't actually, I didn't actually see
0: what he what he said to Um Yeah, yeah. No, something, something. Analyze uh, the the board. Look, I don't want to go too much into it either. I don't want to be getting anyone in trouble or whatever. But like, lads are trying to find out maybe what has happened. And the first thing is like, ah, the fuck. <laughs> I want, I want to repeat it, but uh, yeah, I was thinking, Jesus, uh that. I, <laughs> it's like, it's like maybe an argument you two boys or would have at home or whatever. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. One, one of those things. Uh which uh yeah, obviously quite common whatever. Listen, there's a couple of other things I want to talk about just before I let you go. you be very, very good with your time, right? But the family and the enterprise and element of it. Um Richard, the the parking solutions, give us a, a shout for for that there and tell us what it's all about. Yeah,
4: uh, yeah. So um what we're doing now we make uh car storage solutions i suppose in, in simple terms so um, essentially car storage lifts and um, loft access lifts uh, car stackers basement access turntables anything essentially for optimizing access or, or storage for vehicles where um spaces at a premium so and um, we've been doing that for uh, two or three years now um and selling into do, doing a lot of custom and bespoke stuff where, where people have a sort of a, a, a Already existing garage or, um, or scenario whereby you know something um kind of standard off the shelf isn't going to fit or isn't going to solve their problem and we really sort of start from scratch and come up with a, a solution to um make their life easier. Like I say, in terms of access, in terms of um, in terms of storage. So um, doing a lot of private stuff, car um, you know, sort of private car owners and um, multiple car owners. Um, who rather than maybe paying a storage facility to keep their car, keeping it off-site somewhere, um, you know, have height but don't have enough ground space and we can sort of optimise that and, and help them um, store their, their vehicle sort of on, on-site on at home or wherever it might be, so um, that's what uh, keeps us busy at the minute.
0: Good stuff. I see the M-Spares top on you there, Davy. <laughs> yeah, didn't you change from work yet? Yeah, busy yeah. away we yeah we're busy yeah we are well
5: obviously dads the original business is the engineering business in our house obviously there's, there's a few others as well um yeah. but the the family connection to the truck mounted forklift in the mountain mounties in they're still built in dundalk but but our family or are, are it was my auntie and uncle um, sam and sam josh's father that would have been in it and my father always stayed in the general engineering business Mm-hmm. Um, but in 2015, we still build them in Dundalk, but they moved the spare parts away. Mm-hmm. and The phone started to ring here in, in Dad's business, looking for parts because nobody could get them. It was all online. And anyway, we moved back, and tw- I moved back in 2015 and started doing spare parts for the forklifts. Um, and very quickly, it grew into sort of MZM and machines and repairs, and, and we do a bit of everything now. So, and um, that's where we're at. And well, eight years on, I'm still here, still doing it. So it's not so bad
0: stuff no it's just it's, it's unbelievable enterprising like sam doing so well with the moffat storage we we know the success of combi lift uh i think you probably have to have a bit of a head for it too, richard like and um the, the big thing i have admiration for with the like of what maybe your family have is the tolerance of stress levels because we're talking big companies we're talking you know high high energy like and we're talking a lot of people maybe involved in them so how do you reckon you all go about managing that?
4: Oh, I don't know that. I don't know if we do uh, that well, to be honest. But um, Go rallying, I suppose. <laughs> well, there definitely has to probably be a release at some point, but uh, yeah. yeah, we'll generally be be back and work on Monday morning, uh, unfortunately. But um, yeah, I guess, look, it's what we've sort of always, uh, always seen and um, always known in terms of um, work ethic and. Look what you do it do what you can not every day is is fun or enjoyable necessarily but um you just sort of have to go through and deal with whatever problems you can and try and come up with a better way of doing something the next time and, and not make the same mistake again i suppose um and oh, there's, no, there's no secret sauce i don't think but um i don't understand that's, that's more you know more than that it. but i suppose like i say we've um certainly our generation of it's what we've seen before us so and try to yeah. Keep that moving forward,
0: I suppose, as best we can. Hmm, I not that, David?
5: No, not really. i get up and go to work on a Monday, unfortunately. It would have been nice to stay in Donegal last night, but we came down the road. to okay. work this morning, so it has to be done.
0: Yeah, I, it's one of those things, as I said before, that uh, reality is every bit as bad as the fear. The night before, <laughs> isn't it? Like especially after something like Donegal. Lads, very quickly before we stop, where and what is next for the two then? What's happening?
5: Very little for me. I was very lucky to get it on the goal. My wife's expecting now in July, so um that'll be for me. Number maybe number three in the middle of July,
0: so uh, that'll be I might do no yeah. rallying for a while. So it's yeah. nice
5: to finish on a high.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Richie. Um, nice yeah, well I um <laughs> well if we can get the car back sorted in the next couple of weeks, and um, Dad's gonna take it to lock goal. There's a little um, yeah a rally on there, and they're actually having a open road stage this year as well. So it's a bit more than just the sort of park event. Um, and I'm not sure why, but I put my hand up to sit in the navigator seat um, for that event. So that's where I'm going next. Never ever done it before. Don't expect to be any good at it, but uh, he said a bit a bit of crack. So I said I'll go and maybe I can be familiar enough with the car. So maybe give a few pointers. That's the plan in a few weeks. If we can get the car um, back and running smooth, and then. Um, I think I'm going to go and do that uh, the Down Rally um, in, in July and um, it's got some really good stages and it just sort of suits a couple of the national rounds I'm away for and they didn't fall well so um, oh, to be honest look the, like pretty much everyone else we, we sort of plan the year around Donegal Hall and trying to get to it um, in as best place possible so the air goes out of it a wee bit after that um, and just pick and choose a couple for, for the rest of the year whatever happens but um, the next couple of rounds of the national but not really suit me and um, if we, can, if we can get the car back going I'll go and do a, a couple more but it'll be nothing serious
1: mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Great to see the old way back, he really enjoyed bought last last year by the, the look of things there so uh, look all the
5: development of the car for me last time and like, it wasn't that much but um, he just the paddle change and the, the grip and the brakes and everything has improved a little bit um, and he, he'd driven it in West Cork I don't know what year it was, 17 maybe Um, but we've since done sort of an upgrade on the car and he just
0: couldn't get over it so he, he's keen to go again hopefully he'll enjoy it yeah, to see the joy that it brings it's unbelievable, you know and uh, yeah, especially I suppose in, in, in many respects, lads you've been very good with your time, really appreciate it Dave, well done again the weekend, Richard, a story for the edges thanks for coming mm-hmm. on to the the Podcast and telling us all about it, alright lads thanks kevin thank you very much fascinating insight there from david and richard moffat indeed time now to go through our class winners from the wilton recycling Donegal international rally class 9 going to david gordon and brendan McElhenny. class 10 amon McLaughlin and sean doherty 11f going to kevin McLaughlin and elon gallagher 11r going to anthony hand and peter deary class 12 sean weinehan and poric o'donovan a man who's been in fantastic form this year sean Winahan. Fantastic drive on the Rally of the Lakes as well. Uh, class 13, that went to Johnny Gordon with Gary McNurn, 28 overall there as well. Class 14 went to, of course, Kevin Gallagher with Ryan Moore, alongside 2 minutes and 19 seconds they had over Damien Torish with uh, David Moffat, our guest from earlier, and Martin Connolly finishing third in class there. Uh, moving back down into Class 15, Jim McDowell and Shauna Hale. Class 20, Trevor Bustard and John McCafferty. Class 22 going to Jason Mooney and Aaron Bonner. Class 24, Ryan Lochran and Gareth Doherty. Sixth overall as well. Uh, the RC2 class, obviously, we must say a very well done, indeed, to Devine and Nola Sullivan. We could see the emotion in Callum Devine when he got to the end of Fanit. The interviews with O'Shean Kelly and with Andy Walsh were just stuff of absolute raw emotion and obviously stuff of dreams for Callum, so well done to him and a great result after the disappointment of last year. Great host of the course, with Josh Moffat. Uh, fantastic indeed, it must be said. Matt Edwards, what a drive that was. Had difficulties with um problems on, on the first day and managed to get back into second, just fifty-five seconds off. Callum Devine. So well done to Matt Edwards and Dave Minahan. Third, Sam Moffat and Keith Moriarty. Uh, Marion Evans then after that, and Robert Barable. So let's go on to the RC3, that went to Brendan Comiskey. RC4, our guests from earlier, Dylan Eves and Ryan Farrell. Uh, Historics, Class 17, Johnny McDade and Ben Thompson. Class 18, Michael McDade and Declan Casey. Well done to Michael McDade and Declan Casey who took the Historics there. And I know that would mean an awful lot to those two indeed. Declan, very, very prominent on social media and uh, a big advocate for historic rallying, so no doubt they enjoyed the celebrations as well. Uh, Marty McCormack and Barney Mitchell, Class 19, fantastic to see that entry coming up, not Gala, in particular, first time around. It was just a throwback to a bygone era, fantastic stuff. Class 16, of course, juniors, Jack McKenna and Damian Doherty, very, very tight here in this one. Just a second to spare over Gary Cassidy and Gary McCruden with Ben McIntyre and Andrew Wedlock in third that is the story in terms of our class winners from Donegal. well done as well to josh mcgrillane and james fulton on their exploits last weekend i wonder to anyone that marshalled in Donegal last weekend to share our posts regarding the two experiences uh, in association with rally connection that we have to give away and uh, don't forget to comment your name under that exact post as well we'll be checking to make sure that uh, you did actually marshal. and well done to all the volunteers who were out at the weekend so two of those experiences to give away another little bit of time to enter and in the next couple of days we will announce the two winners best luck to everyone involved of course in the moon record this Sunday, preparations also in full swing for the Ravens Rock Rally in a couple of weeks time on the 2nd of July and we of course will be back again soon with the very best of content if anyone would like to come on board to keep the show on the road until the end of the year please email irishrallypodcast at gmail.com or you can fill out the contact form on irishrallypod com or send us a dm and of course a massive thank you to pfd travel ses productions tech and tools and rally connection that's where you leave it folks chat to you again soon Rally Podcast is brought to you in association with Tech and Tools, PFT Travel, SCS Productions and Rally Connection.